Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Okay, welcome everybody to another one of our... There we go. Glad that's on the recording. Chinuch Colin Show. As you can tell, we added some light to our studio here in our apartment. So we had some follow-ups about the follow-through and how to follow through and <laughs> I agree um, how to follow through with your kids and how to make sure that they follow through themselves so I'm just one-handedly opening up our notes okay so there were a few questions that were asked at the last um, at the last class that made us realize we, we should bring about this a little bit more, should get into it more, we should discuss um, different aspects of it. And also we should discuss our own mindset as a mother. So one of the questions that was submitted this week. I saw one of them, sorry, I just wanna yeah, say something like that. So we've been learning this in the last day or two in Tanya, the altar talks about how writing a book has pitfalls because everyone reads it and understands it in their own way. And, and so it's difficult. So he says, therefore, but the difference between my safe and safe Tanya is because I know everyone, we're friends, we know each other, I know the situation, I'm telling you. So I feel it's a little bit the same way that we, we discussed this a little bit and I realize the reality is like the ultimate way of doing this is coming in to your home and seeing the situation and discussing with you. And I think that would be a lot more efficient it's just not necessarily so practical. So if if we're doing this and, and you feel like it's just not working exactly how you want it, it's nothing, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just, it's it's it's, it's a few steps between what we're saying to what you're understanding and to what you're trying to implement. Whereas if we were able to be there and spend a day or two and discuss it with you, it would be a lot more efficient. You'd get a lot more. And you, we would understand the exact situation better to be able to explain to you better and show it to you and it would all work well. But that, this is just, um, um, so yeah, so you want to discuss more things? Must. Yeah, so, okay, so one of, can you just put the word learn in there so we can receive the questions live? Yeah. No thanks. And don't leave it on. Okay, perfect. So now we have the questions. If you want to submit the questions, you can send them to, the live, um, the question, uh, the question, what's Zoom? Okay, so one of the questions that was submitted this week was, in short, it had a few different parts. Part one had to do with, I am just so tired. Like by the time I come home and, you know, we, we, I, I, we always joke that we literally feel like we have like seven different full-time jobs between what we do in the morning, the morning routine, getting the kids out the door, and then afterwards, you know, getting ourselves, whether it's to our jobs out the door or I work from home. So just getting myself settled and going and started on my job, then it's a full time. Then afterwards you have to like prepare for picking up the kids. And then it's like a whole, we do several different chunks of like full on work as parents. And it's, it's very intense. So by the time we come home after a full job, and we have to then deal with our kids and bedtime or dinner, bath, transition this, transition that. Um, it, 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 it's very exhausting. We're very, I can tell you for myself today, I was very exhausted. So one of the questions was, I'm not feeling good at this point and I'm very, very exhausted. And not only that, but I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time following through without losing my cool. And I'm, I'm having a hard time following through because I just, I don't have the energy to really get into, let's make it positive and let's sing a song and like, woohoo, showers and bath time, you know, like, it's just like too much. And it's, I don't have the energy for that. So how can I make this a successful plan, even if I don't have the energy to do all of this? So, hold on. Uh, please, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, so if that is so, we, I, I broke this down into a few different parts. The first part had to do with the fact that 
as mothers, and I'm, I'm assuming and hoping there might be fathers also watching this and also, you know, in the recordings, that as parents, we tend to be very hard on ourselves. We really zone in on that one negative thing that we've done, that one, you know, taste of, I'll tell you an example. Um, I had, Baruch Hashem today, I had the most beautiful day, the most productive, incredible, amazing day. I was really great. I was so prepared with my kids. I did homework with them and everything. At one point, I lost my cool a little bit and I was not so happy. And when my husband came home, as much as I had the most incredible day, the first thing I said was, that was so hard. And I'm beating myself up for the fact that I really was not happy at that point in time. So for me, I have to constantly remind myself, at least, that I have to be nice to myself. Like I have to treat myself with a lot of love and a lot of respect because I work really hard. And even if you don't see, I for myself may not, I, I, I don't necessarily see the like, wow, I did such a great job. I have to realize that I'm working on it. The fact that every single one of you who's on this call means you're working on it. You're working on your chinuch. You're working on seeing things from a new, fresh perspective. You're trying something. So please, 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 let's be nice to ourselves. This actually feeds onto itself because the Sahara takes us. And once we realize, oh, I'm such a bad parent because I you know, lost my cool. I didn't do this thing properly or I spoke to too rash or whatever, then it takes us on this negative spiral downwards where we then start to feel that yucky negative feeling. And so it makes it much easier to then lose your cool again, because whatever, we're already in a bad mood. Like, let's just, you know, chuck everything up in the air and we're in bad mood mindset. So the number one thing I would say for parents is to really realize that we have to be nice to ourselves, whether we just had a baby or we had a baby four months ago, Kanaanahara, there's still a baby, there's still a transition, there's still different changes in our lives. And we have to really appreciate that we're not expected to be perfect. We're expected to try. We're expected to try our best in every single way that we can, but we're not expected to give a perfect result at all times. So number one is be nice to yourselves. Be nice to yourself. Really be loving and caring. What do you you get by... What do you get by being nice to yourself? Thank you. What do you get by being nice to yourself is that you already start to resonate deeper with this concept of because I am, I, I'm already a good mother. I'm trying my best. So therefore, a little bump in the road doesn't define you as a negative person, doesn't define you as a bad mom. If anything, it's just a bump on the road to I'm already a good mom. I'm I'm really giving it my all. And so therefore, you look at all these situations and you're trying your best moving forward as opposed to you just chucked everything in the air and like it's negativity. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? I feel like you had something. Not really, but uh, it's like that letter that you're going to read about the kid. Yeah. Uh, that's, I don't know where it is right now, but the Rebbe said, yeah. the Rebbe says in that letter, that the, the, the negative aspect of the kid is not the kid himself, it's, it's external to the kid. You right. know? Yeah, yeah. We're so, gonna... so I'm saying it's the same thing with us. Right. Meaning that, right, that right, right, bad right. thing that you did as a parent or that mistake that you made, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not what defines you. That's just, you know, mistakes that we do. Essentially, we are, we're good parents. We're good parents in the making. It just takes, you know, coming to listen to Sherman and trying and not giving up and, and, and having clear what we want to achieve and and trying to do it and, and you know and now they you know a, a lot of times parents in the olden days they'd say you know let's say they weren't such good parents and p- kids would complain that'd say we did the best we could what we had but i think i think it, it, it's better now because th- there is what you have and now you know especially now in in, in jewish world and us and what we're trying to do here and you know we have the answers and it just requires us learning and trying and not giving up on ourselves and not saying this is, you know, not saying my kids are going to be one of those kids and just this is how it is. My kids are one of those kids. That's too hard. But saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to put in the effort. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And I keep on trying. And, and I'm going to see results and it's going to work. And you will. Yes. Yes. I agree. 
Um, okay, so there, there's another point, which I think you touched on. Um, we did a whole class a while ago, you can check on our, on our YouTube channel about labeling our kids. The same way that we label our kids and we, you know, it's, oh, whatever, he's such a troublemaker, or are you, uh, are you, uh, whatever, we just, we, we, there's a thing, I don't know why, where people have this tendency to label their kids something not so positive. So A, you could listen to that recording because we just, we discussed that a lot. And B, you should realize that sometimes somewhere deep inside of you, you're also possibly labeling yourself. And so make sure not to label yourself anything negative. Make sure to always, always try your best to label yourself positive, growth-oriented things. Um, somebody sent in in one of the messages, which I really appreciate, is that what we're doing with our kids is the most important thing. Yes, yes, I was actually, it was one of my points. Um, and we're, it seems like we're always rushing somewhere. Just stop. Don't feel guilty spending time parenting. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like we're really battling against this. Just very, yeah, we're battling against this, this um, mindset with, from the world, I guess we would say, um, that having more kids is so hard, it's so troublesome, that really what gives you your self-worth is your success in your job or your success in the workforce, your success you know, outside of the home. But really, you know, having kids is just like this thing that we do. And I, I, I literally saw an, a picture of an ad um, which said, the greatest gift you can give your only, the greatest gift you can give your child is to not have another one. And it broke my heart. It literally broke my heart. And I realized that we are constantly, whether we realize it or not, we're constantly being bombarded with these ideas that children are burdensome and that our job or our, you know, whatever else is really our priority. But our children is really just, you know, um, I, I once heard that children, children are best what is it not seen but not heard <laughs> and it's it's mind-boggling like how much we've been fed with these concepts so realize that your primary job is a schuss it's the greatest schuss and I'm, I'm not saying sexist male female my husband's primary job also he has a full mitzvah he needs to educate and have these children so again it is a top priority and, and we are making, we are shaping, we are raising the next generation. If you want change in the world, start with your children, which really, as we all know by now, it means start with yourself. So real change starts right here and in our home and that's what shapes the future. So, um, so yeah, that's a really, really great one. So it was amazing that a good friend of mine sent me, do you have your phone? Okay, fine. So I wish you were listening. What? These things. Same like parenting care of themselves. So, yeah, that's coming. That's okay, fine. The next yeah, yeah. step. Um, okay, so a good friend of mine sent me a really, really, really powerful, a really powerful um, Rebel letter. Which one second? I want to. Share here because my husband and I analyzed it and for ringed about it yesterday. So I will hopefully, if you personal message me or if you're in one of our um, groups, so then I'll be sharing this on there. So it's a letter. It's not a letter. I apologize. It's a discussion from from a for bringing in five seven forty six. It's in Sefer Asvadis five seven forty six, volume three, page six seventeen. So here's the English translation. Chinuch should be imparted out of the closeness. Yemin mekareves, the right hand draws near, and only then is it possible to think about the approach of smile deicha. The left hand pushes away. In order to the, release the grip of undesirable traits from the child. Okay, so we're talking about about chinuch and how to un, how to remove negative things from our children. In order to release the grip of underdog, okay. Even then, one must chastise only with the left hand, which is which is the weaker hand. This means that although one gives consequence, one does not do, do so with the same amount of enthusiasm, devotion, and tumult that is usually required in chinuch. So in chinuch, we try and focus on the positive, which we're going to discuss in a few minutes. 
And, and the fact is we do have to give consequences. It says, uh, the rabbi speaks about it here, but that said, we do it with the left hand, which is the weaker hand. The reason for this is that the undesirable things are, not, are nothing but a foreign entity that has attached itself to the Jew from the outside. However, the essence of each and every single yid has no connection whatsoever with undesirable matters. So even if something alien becomes attached to him, this is only temporary. So let's take a moment. It's for bringing about this for a second. When your child, when a child throws a temper tantrum in the middle of the you know, supermarket. supermarket and you're embarrassed out of your brains and you're turning bright red and you're trying to shush them and pull them out and just come on, let's go. Or like shape up, this is so crazy. So we have to realize that your that child's tendency, that child's negative trait, that child's negative reaction, action, whatever you want to call it, is not essentially the child. Let's rewind and play that one more time. This is not essentially the child. Anything negative your child does, biting, hitting, screaming, tossing, whatever they're doing, is not essentially the child. We have to realize that it's something external. Yes, that child is doing it and it attached itself, that negative trait attached itself to the child, but is not essentially the child. So when we see the world from this perspective, when we see our children from this perspective, we realize we don't need to, you know, be incredibly negative on them. We don't have to label them with negative labels. We have to realize that it is, it's, it's not an essential part of them and we just have to raise them out of it. We have to, we spoke about this in previous classes that our job is to raise them. Our job is to not raise them, like feed them until they get tall. We have to raise them, meaning we have to teach them how to be proper mentally, how to be adults, essentially. We have to raise their capacity of maturity. I think, I think just to add to what you're saying, that I think if, in general, when you read things from the Rebbe, you have to sit and think about what is he trying to say. And I think one of the main points he's trying to say here is not that you don't have to discipline your kid and educate your kid and make sure they're doing the right thing, but it's your perspective in it. But he's saying, essentially, you look at your kid and, and what are you seeing? Are you seeing this tantrum kid? Are you seeing this kid that's acting like a terrorist, that's acting crazy, that's embarrassed you? Or are you seeing a good kid not doing what he should be doing? And that's what he's saying. He's saying, essentially, you don't put as much enthusiasm. He doesn't, he's not meaning to say that you shouldn't put in the effort that you need to put in to, to discipline the kid when he needs to be disciplined. But what he's saying is, your, your, your thought behind it is not, I need to put my kids to become a man, my kids an, an animal. He's saying your kid is essentially the pure neshama. It's beautiful. It's just something foreign is happening, and I got to get rid of that foreign object, that foreign thing. And that's and that's and when we look at it, so we, we look at our kids, hey, this and and so to speak, you come into a situation where you have to deal with something, the kid's misbehaving or doing something that it's like really negative that you don't you're like, this is embarrassing. So he's saying the first thing you say. This is a beautiful child, a beautiful neshama. Something foreign has come. Let me take care of this foreign substance and try to get rid of it. It doesn't and mean don't take care of the foreign substance. Exactly. exactly. Take yeah. care of it, but your, your approach taking care of your approach to the situation, the way you look at it, is a very different one. Right. So, now, this sounds all fine and dandy and beautiful, and we should lovingly, you know, appreciate the true depth of our child. Um, that said... When that child is doing that negative thing that drives you bonkers, how do we deal with it? How do we get them to follow through? How do we get ourselves to be in the right position? How do we get ourselves to be in the right position to handle it? Um, so here is here's our, here are a few tips. For starters, we have to realize that in order to, and I think we're gonna we're gonna take this and we're gonna bring through each step. Okay, so just follow through with us. In order to be the best that you can be, because your children really, really get a lot of energy from your energy. So in order to be the best that you can be, so you can provide this positive energy in the home, even if you're tired, what we're going to discuss right now. Especially when you're tired. Especially when you're tired. The number one priority is try your hardest to take care of yourself. 
there's a, it, it used to bother me, especially when I was in high school and I used to fly places. And, you know, in the airplane, they always tell, they, when they make the announcements about the air, max, oxygen mask and whatever. So they always say that when it drops, if you have a child next to you, please place your own oxygen mask first and then you can place it on your child. And I was like, that is so selfish. That's crazy. Like the poor child, how's he going to survive any longer than you can? You're an adult. You should be able to take care of yourself. That said, if you, the adult is passed out, that adult cannot help that child. So if we are exhausted beyond, if our mind is running in a million places because we're so stressed out, we're moving, we're got into a fight with a friend, we got into a Instagram, like hustle with someone else, like whatever you want to call it, whatever's stressing you out, whatever you're, you haven't eaten properly, eh, 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 like a big one right there. You haven't eaten, you haven't slept, you haven't taken full care of yourself. So yes, you will be exhausted by the time you come home. And so in order to, to get yourself into a better mindset, you have to take care of yourself. And I know that for me, the more, the, the longer my marriage goes and the more kids I have, the more I have to get myself out of the mindset of the high school teenager who like pulls all nighters and can totally, you know, get an A in the next test, test in the next morning. Like, that just doesn't work in real life. It really does not. You might be able to pull it off maybe once and then, but like even still realize that your children really require your full energy. They require your full attention, your full love, your full appreciation. They need you to be there and staying up late or not taking care of your eating habits or you know, make sure that your, your blood sugar levels are not like spiking and dropping left and right, because that does make it much harder for you to have the energy to be there for them. So number one thing I would say is, is, is take care of yourself. For me, for example, I set an alarm about 20 minutes before I need to pick up my first kid. Um, and that alarm tells me I need to change my mindset. I need to like wind down from like living chassidus, go, 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 planning, calling, organizing, booking, paying, you know, whatever to, okay, dinner needs to be prepared. Like, not that it wasn't before, but I'm saying like, now my mindset is towards my kids. My child is about to come home. I'm going to be doing homework. I'm going to be doing bath. I'm going to be doing, you know, whatever child related things. And I give myself about 15, 20 minutes to just turn over let go, try and let go of the stresses from the previous, you know, full-time job that we did and turn myself towards this full-time job. Sometimes it's more hectic. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but at least I'm trying. So that's a good idea to maybe set something for yourself that gives you a, a break in between one stage and the next. I think, I think sort of to add what you're saying and, you know, like one of the examples that I was thinking about is when we had just Levick, we would go out and watch a sunset in the summer by Brooklyn Bridge Park at you know, 9, 10 o'clock. And now we have a few more kids in her and it's four o'clock and we're out of there. We're not staying around. And it's not because we don't want to necessarily. Well, at this point, we don't want to. But why? Because we realize that the cost benefit, it's not going to be beneficial for us to stay up late. And you see, it just becomes so much more of a hassle. It's not worth it for us. Four o'clock, we're leaving a place, you know, maximum five o'clock. And it's not because, and we don't feel bad about it. We realize the benefit. And, and I think one of the changes that happen when you have more kids, hopefully, is that you realize that your job in this world is not your own, it's not for yourself. It's for others, it's for your kids. It's, it's serving Hashem, which is all part of, it all goes together. But it, but you become this mindset change and like that, that my focus is, is for my kids. And, and how do I make it best for them? And ultimately making it best for them also is best for us. But once you realize that, so that's why we leave the park at five o'clock. I would love to see the sunset, but I don't even have that in my mind anymore because I realize it, it's not beneficial for my kids and that doesn't work for us. And I think it's a lot of mindset change in that when we realize that we're here to serve our kids and to make sure the kids grow up in a good, healthy and good environment. And what do I need to do myself to take care of that? And a lot of it's working on It's a lot of working on ourselves. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is, is figuring out, making sure to go to bed and making sure to eat properly. It can also be that you need some time for yourself and that's that's part of it but the reason why you have time for yourself is in order that you can be a good parent 
and part of being good parents is needing some time for yourself. But when you start, and you know, it's like really annoying in the beginning, but when you have a good sleep, suddenly you'll see it's so much better. Your kids are so much nicer. And you're like, man, my kids are beautiful. And you're like, what happened? You just really ate properly. You slept properly, really. Yeah. yeah. So number one, I say, take care of yourself. Less tired, more energy. Try and really um, focus and realize that you as a parent, it, it, it's a huge thing. It's the best job you could ever do. And so the same way as you give yourself over to whatever job you do during the day, you should give yourself over to your parenting job. So that's number one. Um, okay, before the next topic, which is why not show emotion, right? Because we're working on ourselves to be the best. I'm gonna, I'm gonna why, um, how, okay. So we're, I wanna repeat the, the steps that we gave in previous class. If you missed it, so you can go watch it again on, the, on our YouTube channel, but the steps to make sure to, to set yourself up for success in getting your kids to listen. The first one is you have to mean what you say and only say that thing. So don't repeat yourself. We had a question a few weeks ago. So after, can I, like, I'm, I need to repeat myself 10 times. Every single time you repeat yourself is one more time that your child is getting proven. He didn't have to listen to you the last time. So try and say things once. And again, we, you can review previous classes. We discussed this more in depth. Try and say things once and make sure that, that that thing you said, you can actually follow through and it's actually age appropriate. You know, sometimes I, 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 we, I remember because my kids are getting older. So I know that Leva can dress himself and I know Shalindobar can dress himself. So sometimes I just don't think about it. I'm like, okay, Menachem, go dress yourself. And there's certain things he can do but there's certain things he can't do. And so then I'm, I'm, I'm constantly saying like, follow through, follow through, follow through. But it wasn't an age appropriate thing for me to ask him to dress himself. I can ask for him to put on his shirt by himself or his pants one by one, but like the concept of dress himself is not age appropriate. So again, be very careful about what you do say and make sure to say it just one time with really, really meaning it. And your kids will start to realize, whoa, that one thing that she said, I need to actually listen because she's not going to repeat herself a million times. If you repeat yourself a million times, you just become background noise. You know, like I live on Kingston. There's just background noise that happens and we don't notice it. But if you really mean what you say and you make sure that you're going to follow through with it and you open your mouth just to say that thing, then your children start to appreciate the words that you use. The next one is in order to follow through and help them follow through with it, you have to not show emotion. And this is one of the hardest ones. I, I, I'm telling you for myself, I am, it is the hardest for me because in general, I'm more of the emotional type. Um, oh, thank you. Someone just added and not be on your phone when you say it. Yes, 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 yes. Don't be distracted when you're saying it. Don't be distracted by your phone. Don't be distracted by anything else. Make sure that your body language follows through with what they're. Yeah, I think they're cutting off your head. Um, make sure that your body language follows through. You're looking at them. You're facing them. Eye contact exactly. That your entire body language is really focused on the child, and that they realize that what you're about to say is important. So I think just like to add to that, meaning all those things that we like the eye contact and the way you face is important, and it's true, but. A lot of that stems from the way you're seeing it in your head. And, and it's not just, if I look at it in my eye contact, it's going to make magic. It's in, my, it's in within me. I had a situation like a while ago, there was some, some, something happened like when I was like years ago, I was like a kid and, and he was like a kid. No one, you know, he didn't really listen to many people. And I said to him something like to do. And, and I noticed in myself when I was speaking to someone, especially not my kid, I won't, I'll try not to deal with situations if I'm not gonna be able to follow through with it. But when I see I can and it's required, so I'll do it. And in, in my mindset is like, I'm on, I'm on call and I'm doing this. So this kid did something and like maybe sat in my seat or something. So I said to him, so I turned to him, I looked and like in my head, I'm like, I'm serious. I'm like, I'm like, I was sitting there, can you please go off? And he said, no, whatever, like, I don't care, no. And I don't know if I said to him again, 
I said, I said, I'm sitting like I'm, I'm sitting down here. And he looked at me and he and he, he looked at me. And also you can start to tell that look of like, let's see if he's really serious. And I literally I just took I just I, I took my hand on his on his arm and I pushed him up, like I pushed him across. He's a little okay, you know, he's, I'm, I'm way stronger than him. I pushed him across. I sat down and he looked at me like this like shocked look and he goes, you, you, you pushed me off the seat. <laughs> like he actually followed through with what you said. And, and I looked at him. I don't know if I said anything. I probably shouldn't have said anything, but I probably said to him like, yeah, I, I told you I was going to do it and I did it. And I gave this, this shocked look on his face. But, but that's, that's a healthy thing. Kids want those boundaries. They want that. And, and, and it's, it's us understanding what to say, like what situation to deal with, and, but dealing with knowing that I can, I, can, I can do something about it. If the kid's not going to do it, what's going to happen? And you have to know that before you start. You have to know what your plan of action is. And like that, I knew that I could just push him off the seat. I didn't push him like a wild bull. I didn't show emotion, but I showed, that I, was, I showed him that I was serious with what I'm saying. And every... Every incident with, let's say, let's say that kid, I would, you know, he'd live in my community or, or wherever it is. I'm talking about, let's say, our children. If every time we speak and we, we have that seriousness about it, that, that this is happening, then, then, then it changes. And then they start to follow with you. you know? Yes. And a, a key word is seriousness, not anger. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Exactly. If, if you are, if you feel, and, and I'm sure you guys have been there where you know the difference when there's like this heat coming inside of you and it's kind of boiling because it's really driving you crazy what the child is doing. That heat, that steam. You have that, to read that, that uh, letter. The kid is good. That's the yes. That heat, that steam needs to not be there because if that's what's fueling whatever you're going to do next, then that outcome is not going to be coming from a good place and they're going to not only is it not going to gain anything for you, if anything, you're going to lose because they'll realize that you're really upset and therefore they get a reward. I'm not saying that they're, again, they're not trying to make you drive you crazy, but imagine, I didn't do it. I didn't bring it. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine I gave you this, right? That's an empty bag. And imagine I gave you, well, you see yourselves, but I gave you a phone, right? Which one would you be more entertained with for hours and hours and hours? The empty bag, lifeless bag, or the phone, right? So this one actually gives you feedback. You push things, they shine, you connect to other people. This one does nothing. I'm sure you can enjoy the little fuzzy stuff for a few minutes and that'll be boring. So when you're showing your emotion, you're being the fun, cool, exciting phone that, ooh, if I push this button, it does this thing. And if I push that button, it does that thing. So you become part of the game for them. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> and meanwhile, if you are the boring, calm, cool, collected, not bothered whatsoever, they stop playing around with you. Okay. And, and, Don't be the emotional fun phone. Be the boring bag. Okay. Yeah. No, it, it's just like, like for an example, let's say you put a kid in timeout for something and the kid has to go out to the side. They were misbehaving or making a mess and okay, whatever it is. If, so if they, they walk off and they come out. <laughs> One second. Hannah wants to join our. If they come out here. and they start. And they walk off. So what you need to do is to show consistency that, that I told you, you need to stay there for a minute. So you have to go back. You don't talk to them, have a conversation. I told you for a minute, you have to go back. You just take them back. Not not with with like no, brute with force, force, yeah. But with control. That like I'm all done. You can go back. The best is just point to them. But if if they, it's the beginning, especially when they, they don't know you're serious and they're gonna walk off and you're just gonna tell them, point to them back direction, they're gonna look at you like you're funny. So you might have to hold them back and take them back. But when you do it, if you're like all angry, they'll just continue doing it because they're gaining something from it. They see, I'm, I'm having some reaction. Whereas if you just bring them back calmly, take them back quietly, like full in control of the situation, you put them down and, and, and you walk back off, you do it three, four times and they're going to see that you're serious, that, that they're going to have to stay there for that minute. And it's not nothing by hook or by crook, nothing's going to happen until I stay there for that minute. 
And so that will stop them. But but if they come up and you're like, oh, I told you to stay there, and you get all steamy, you know, and they can see it. So they're going to continue going. And you're going, why is it not, why is it not working? And the reason why it's not working, it's, and I know this from experience. And the reason why it's not working is because you're showing that emotion and they're gaining something from this. You know, that, that it's sort of a game of who's going to win. Mm-hmm. And and when you put them and you show them no emotion, so then you're, you're winning. But then when they can get emotion from you, so they're, they're winning. Like, oh, this is a game. Let's continue playing this game. Whereas if you can just be calm. And, you know, it could be, they could be doing something. Let's say you see a kid is spilling something on the floor and he's doing it just to like, to get to you. If you show them no emotion, you, you grab it, you say, well, no, let me do that. You know, and let's say you catch it before something and, and you show you show that like calm in control. You can show seriousness, but like in control, not out of control. They'll, they won't keep on doing it. Yeah. Um, another point I wanted to make is that is that we have to um, we have to be very aware. What are our triggers? So I'll speak for myself. I know that for me, I one of my triggers is when I personally tie my self worth based on how good of a parent I am. When my self worth is tied to my kids behaving. And I get embarrassed because we're in public and people are going to look at me differently or they're going to judge me for doing a calling show about my, meanwhile, my kids mis- misbehaving. So that automatically throws me into this like heated, not feeling good inside. And I realize that my reaction to my kid's action is not coming from a good place. So in those types of situations, when you know you're going to be in public, for example, um, in public or you're going to be in a situation where you know sometimes our parents come to visit and we feel like they're judging us for our actions or whatever um so that could be a trigger so you have to realize for yourselves that i i need to be aware to not get upset because i know that this trigger is coming i know that this trigger is available and therefore a Try your best, again, we said this before, but try your best to win those battles, the little battles that you can win when you're not near that trigger, when you're not exhausted, when you're not starving, when they're not exhausted and starving, when you're not in public, make sure to be steady on those times when it's a little bit more calm around the house. That way, when it comes to time, when you're near your trigger, A, you've gotten yourself to more practice and you're able to deal with it better. And also they, your children know better how to have like, okay, We've done this before. I'm not going to push this button right now. It's not going to work. I'm, it's and, not. Yeah, it, it, not just right now. In general, I'm not going to push the button. Right. I understand I have to listen. Like, like They're going to follow. And that's sort of the point. When you deal with the ones that you can follow through with and you show them that you're serious, so then when the bigger ones come, but not necessarily you can follow through with it, but they understand from experience that they just have to listen. They don't, you know, it's not like, oh, do I listen on this one? It's, you just listen straight away. Right. So now, uh, another trigger to keep on the mind is tired and hungry. I know I think I said it, but like, I'm going to say that again and again and again, tired and hungry for you or for the kids is already. So if we realize that the kids are tired, we just, we realize that the kids are tired. We really go straight into um, like, let's just cut out as many of these. Okay. Well, I'll continue speaking. Let's cut out as many of these questions and as many of these, like, sticky situations as possible like let's just go straight to bed okay um now one of the most important parts and i think this was part of the question was i'm so tired when i come home i don't have the energy a to not show emotion because i'm already like beaten and i'm i'm i'm, I'm at my ends with so i can't give it my all i can't be my the best self that i can be but also i'm too tired to make it fun can we just make it that I say something and they do it. And that's just it. Like, let's just make our kids robots. And that would be awesome. In a certain sense, yes. In a certain sense, I think you'd miss their personality <laughs> a bit. Um, so, so yes, making it fun takes a lot of energy. And not only that, but making it fun takes a lot of being prepared. It, last Wednesday, Rivka Caroline spoke. So if you haven't seen the recording, it actually just went up on our YouTube. Rivka Caroline spoke about organizing our lives, organizing our home, organizing ourselves, our schedules, our meal plans, all of these things is so important. For myself, I know, and I'll tell you my one of my biggest issues 
is if my dinner, food, lunch, snack, whatever situation is not worked out. My husband just laughed because he knows how much it drives me bonkers and I like lose it. When that's not worked out, my afternoon goes like, okay. So for me, I know that I'm a much better parent when I already know what I'm making for dinner. I've already either made dinner, already know what's for dinner, or already know what's the plan for how we're going to make dinner. When that's settled, I know I can be the best mom. When, when I know what days are bath days, when I know that I'm not searching a million like hours all over the place for my kids' shoes or backpacks or whatever, when I know that my things are organized, I know that I can be a much better parent. So in order for me to be fun, in order for me to give myself over and relax and be myself with my kids, I need to take care of certain things. And so therefore, it's very important to figure out what are your things in your home that would make your life just run smoother. You'll have one less thing to think about so you can actually just be you with your kids. So for example, bath time, I already know what days are bath and what days are skippable. And I already know which one of my kids loves bath and which one of them less so. And so I know how to get most of them rallied so they're so excited to join and bring their toys and do whatever so that the one kid who doesn't necessarily like it okay so he'll join along just because everybody else is playing along with it so be aware of those things be aware of your triggers be aware of what things you can take that mindset off that stress off so that you can be more relaxed with your kids i joke around with my kids i don't and again i i think we spoke about this before that like it doesn't mean act dumb and then they lose respect for you but like when I make a mistake I laugh about it because you know what it's a great lesson to teach them it's a great lesson to teach myself that I should be more relaxed it's a great lesson to teach them like oh my gosh mommy just did whatever <laughs> you know that was funny or like sometimes I I come into the room and I just you know act out a story or 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 you know do you know what happened to mommy and then I act it out like really funny and I try and make I try and make a positive atmosphere in the home. And we speak about this a lot. I actually wanted to bring this up. Um, I have a few copies, but this, it's a pamphlet from America's Anash. It was given out several years ago, but my husband and I absolutely love it. It's called Reaching In, a collection of essays on dealing with our challenged youth. So one of the most important things you can think about is when you are, raising your kids, you want to make sure, or at least for myself, I want to make sure that my kid doesn't end up in this category of challenged youth. So I read it, I read this pamphlet almost every year, and I've, I've analyzed it, and I've furbringed about it several times, to really try your best to be the best parent that you can be now, so we don't have to get to that point. And one of the messages it speaks about here is that the general atmosphere in the home should hopefully, ideally, be a positive, loving, warm environment. Does that sound like rainbows and unicorns and unrealistic for your home? It's something we should strive for. It doesn't, does it always happen? Is my home always rainbows and beautiful and wonderful and we're all loving each other and hugging? No, no, I, I am a parent and I'm a human and I'm imperfect just like everyone else. Um, but my hope is that if I'm able to show and, 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 imbue in my children this positivity, a, a fun environment, an enjoyable experience all throughout, then they'll appreciate not just what I say, but also the, the actions that I take. So not only will they see me because I tell them, go do this and go do that and go do this and go do that. And they'll follow me because of Kabbalah soul because they have to, but they'll want to because they respect and they, they feel that warmth and they feel that love that I have for them. They feel that that in general, our home is a beautiful, wonderful place. Meaning, meaning I think what you're saying, like you're not just like, we, we shouldn't just become parents of telling our kids what not to do, you know, and walk around, don't do that and don't do that. And then when, they, when, they, when they're sort of playing, oh, I'm free to do my own things. And then you see something or you hear something and you walk in, oh, stop doing that, stop doing that. If you're constantly doing that, it's going to be a very negative environment. Whereas if you... If you have times that you play with your kids and you show full attention and you show them that you care and they tell you a story, like one of the best things you can do when a kid tells you a story, a lot of the time they tell you things, you don't really get what's going on and you're like, what? So if you're not there, you're not fully attentive to it. So you just you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And you walk off, you know, but the kid senses that. 
And if you come and you say, one second, one second, explain this story, and you spend the time, first of all, you teach a kid how to speak clearly, because you, you train them how to speak properly, but also you, you, start, you learn, you, you, the kid sees that he, you care about him, and you care about what he's talking about. It's like, whoa, my parents really care about me. They're not just telling me, you know, when I'm not doing something right, or I need to fix something. You know, it's actually like caring. And it could be like, we talked about this before, like playing with them a little bit, you know, and having that, that environment, it, it generally makes it better. So then when the kids, you know, I, when the kid, I'll tell you a story, quick story. Like when I grew up, my father, one time he got me in trouble for something, I don't know what it was, but, but he was a good parent, Baruch Hashem. And so he, I had to go to the room or something. And I went to the room and I was very unhappy. And I remember this, I was a little kid, but I remember this till today, I was very unhappy. And I dropped my, cal- I had like a bike almost and I dropped it down. And maybe he came in and he's like, is, is, every, is any, is there a problem here? And I was like, I like freaked out. Like, because he was, he, he was, I, I loved him. I love him. But like, he didn't, he never, he never ever said that. So I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. And then I was like angry. I'm like, he probably didn't let me do something I wanted to do. And I was like, Ugh. and then I said to myself, I'm like, don't be angry with him. He's a nice guy. Like, I like him. He's nice. And, and in general, and I didn't have, listen, he worked hard and he, you know, spent a lot of hours away from him, but. We spent Sundays together and, you know, a few minutes here and there in the nights, but it had such an impact. And it's the same thing. If we can spend some quality time with our kids. So then when it comes as a parent, you don't feel so bad when you're telling them something negative, but you're not always being this negative person. You're like, you're like always fun and enjoyable. And then, and then you know, the 80-20 rule, you know, every 80%, it should be always positive interactions. And then you have the 20 time, 20, that 20% that it's not, that has to be, you know, not so positive. Yeah. I want to add also, I don't know if, how many of you have been to Yerushalayim, but the, when you're at the Shuk, oh, I've yeah. definitely had this experience that there's somebody that walks around and the, he made it his job to tell everyone it's Shabbos. Shabbos! 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 And they're screaming, Shabbos! They walk around up and down the Shuk, Shabbos! Yeah, Arab yeah, Shabbos as like, they're all packing the, up anyway. Yeah, right? So, the Shabbos guy at the Shuk, how many people did he encourage? Did he change over? Did he? How many people were convinced to become from because of uh, screaming at them Shabbos? Correct. Versus, now let's take a look at the Chabad house perspective, the Chabad house model, right? Somebody comes, they get uh, a warm chicken soup and a nice warm welcome. They get brought in, come, have some filter fish, come for Shabbos, you know, and then you start with Shabbos and you come to the JLI course and then you come to the this and then you come to the that. And slowly but surely, through that loving embrace, they don't judge you for what you've done. They don't judge you for what you do, you know, whether you drove here, whether you're going to drive back home. They take you for who you are at that point in time. So we have to realize that, that we have to, not have to, it's a strong word, but we should be aware of, of not just being the screaming Shabbos guy. Let's see how we can take a more positive, more loving, more wonderful approach to, to getting our kids to follow through. Meaning, meaning it's also like, if you know that in uh, 20 minutes, you're going to have to deal with bedtime, it's going to be hard to spend those 20 minutes beforehand trying to make a positive environment and saying, come, before we go to bed, let's go play a game together. You know, make sure it's a common game, of course, but like whatever, you do something together with the kids and then, and then you, you feel in a happy mood and then you can say, okay, that time. And the kids will be a lot more willing in general just to do it. And, and even more when you come and, you, and let's say they're not behaving and you have to like enforce something, you have to like follow through something. You don't feel like you're always just being negative because you've had such a good time before. Right. Not only that, but it's an idea of not being fake. Like when you're with your kids, Try and be yourself. This wasn't one of the hardest things for me because I felt like, what do you mean? When I'm with my kids, I have to be the teacher. I have to be the, the parent, the like put my uh, crown on because I'm the parent now. It's like, no, I, I can be myself and I can be loving and I can be there for them. Not only that, but don't try and buy your kids. Buying your kids doesn't like meaning buying, meaning, oh, I'll buy you this if you get that or, or, or just buy them toys and shove them to the other room because like, whatever, let them have a new toy and spend time over there so I can be my parent and I can be myself and I can be, do my adult things here. Try and be genuine and be there with them, for them, listen to them. Another thing is 
which comes big part from that letter, um, the that letter. Letter. It wasn't a letter. It's from his father's. Um, that section that we read from the Rebbe's talks is that you should genuinely like your kids. Sometimes this is hard because sometimes they drive us crazy the time periods that we're with them. But we have to realize that we have to try our hardest not to hold grudges against them. And this is huge. Even though your kid just literally poured something, you know, your entire soup onto the floor. Yes, you have to be that parent that makes sure that they clean up. You have to be that parent that makes sure that they follow through. But at the same time, once that cleanup is finished, it's finished. Don't hold grudges. Don't hold grudges against them. We realize that what they did, that negative action, as, it's, as the Rebbe spoke about, is just an external part. The real true essence of who they are is beautiful and pure and is holy. And so therefore, we have to, I know it's hard, for me it's really hard to switch from one switch to the other switch, but when it's time to clean up, we have to follow through, we use that stern voice, we follow through with them. When it's finished, let it go, continue on, move on to the next thing and try and relax and try and bring something positive into the conversation, try and reinforce something positive that they did. Okay. It's, also, it's also thinking about in terms of uh, tshuva. You know, the altar says in Tanya that we say, forgive us for we have sinned. And, and then what do we end up saying? That blessed you, Hashem, our God, that uh, forgives. So altar explains that if you believe that it's not really true, then how could you say a bracha? It'll be bracha levatala. The fact that you say a bracha means it's true. And just like Hashem forgives us, and, and he, he moves on and he doesn't get hold grudges, you know, Hashem doesn't hold grudges against us. And so too with us, you know, it could be sometime your kid does something and it's like, whatever it is, you tell him to do something or you advise him that this is not a good idea. He does it anyway, makes a mess. Or, you know, a kid comes and he breaks your couch or something, you know, you think kids manage to do and you're like, and you're so unhappy and it's like frustrating. And, and especially when they're young, they don't even appreciate it. So you try to like, you know, we try to explain to them so they can understand. And that you can see that you don't get it, and it's like hard. It's like you, 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 you know, you did some damage, and like you don't even realize. So you might have some time you need to take, but when you finish, don't keep on like, oh, I'm you know, look what he does, and it's like, <laughs> hold on to this grudge. You gotta, you gotta learn to move over, move on. Yes. Okay. Baruch Hashem, we went a drop over time, but <laughs> Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> We're keeping it positive, so I think it's a Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to submit it to us. We'll, you read, you read yes, I read all of the ones that were submitted here. Let me just check and make sure I didn't miss any of them over here. No. Okay, great. Just a last thing to finish off that, uh, like it can never be stressed enough. And this is taking me many years to realize this and you can constantly seeing it in us in myself. And it's the most important thing is never beat yourself up about anything. It's not, you know, the rabbi says in many letters, it's like the most beautiful virus. He says, how do you know if something's coming from the Yetzir Tev or the Yetzir Haram? And he says, it's a very simple calculation. What is this leading me? Is this leading me to do something positive? Then it's the Tev. If it's leading me to something negative, then it's the Yetzir Haram. So if you come, you did something wrong and you, you partially did something not good and you feel bad about it, ask yourself, is this feeling going to make me change in a positive way. It's going to make me do something. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call a friend and ask them for advice. Is it going to lead that way? Or is it going to, or is it going to lead you to, uh, such a bad parent. Uh, you see, I don't even know why I'm a parent. How did God make me a parent? And you know, you go get yourself some ice cream and sit down in the tub and eat it while you do whatever it was, whatever it is. That's Then then you're missing the point. And you have to tell yourself, this is the eight hour talking. It's not trying to benefit me as a parent or as a person. And, and it's not true. I have to leave it alone. And we should really focus on not being hard on ourselves because it doesn't help us in any way. It just takes, it says, that's, that happiness breaks all boundaries. Meaning when you're happy, everything becomes better. So we focus on being nice to ourselves and treating ourselves nice and being happy. It's so much more beneficial than being honest with ourselves. Okay. Um, there are a few questions. I hope you guys don't mind. So one of them is, would you recommend to overlook negative behaviors in order to keep the 80-20 rule? Could you give examples, please? I'm gonna take this? Yeah, go for it. So you have to, yeah, you have to choose, 
choose your battles. Negative behavior, you have to figure out what it is. There's, there's certain acceptable, so to speak, negative behaviors, and then not acceptable. It's, let's say, let's say for example, we have boys and something they pish out. If, out of the toilet bowl. Now, if, it, my biggest puppy. <laughs> yeah, so it, sometimes it's not shy to deal with it, or it's not worth the hassle to deal with it. <laughs> it's not, so it's not, it's only one of them really. Well, we don't know. You know, it's like you wake up in the morning, yeah. something coming like, who do what? So, so you have to pick your battles with them. You have to know it's it's not good and it's something they should be working on, but you have to figure out when is the right time to deal with it and when's the right time you shouldn't deal with it. Yes, when is the right time to deal with it? You are meant to deal with it. Don't ignore it. Ignoring and walking around like this is not parenting. That's not dealing with it's it. It's not dealing with it. We have to deal with it. We have to realize, and that's one of the things that we discuss a lot during our attempted at 30 minutes of discussing our children's chinuch on a daily basis. It's like, okay, what are, what is this child's struggle? So one of our children, it's not, it's not only not what is this struggle, it's, it's, it's how do we, how do we, do we this Yes, yes, but I'm saying that is part of the discussion. So, so if it's that, so for example, if it's that situation, then right before they go to school, if I'm gonna get into a whole situation with them and he's gonna go to school with negative attitude, negative, like he's just been pumped with negativity right before school, I cannot hope, I mean, what am I expecting that he's going to enjoy his day at school? How's this terror learning going to go? So that said, there have been times when I see it in the morning, when he comes home after he has a snack and after I've had a snack, I mentioned to him, I say, hey, you know, this morning when I came to the potty, there was a, 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 a spill at the outside. What are we going to do about this? Yeah, yeah it's, it's also... Part of the, the not dealing with the negative is with ourselves. Like, for example, with this in the morning, she's not going to be very happy about it. And so if she's going to come and make a whole big broadcast about it, it's not coming from a good place. It's not a smart idea. Better to come in the afternoon and have a discussion. And also even better is, is have a forbearing about the purpose of it and what we're meant to do. And, and you should be a, take a crisis yourself. And if you notice that you spilled out, you should go clean it up, you know? And have a forbearing during a positive time. Yeah. Don't make a whole negative hoorah about it, but really have a foreign during a positive time when you can discuss it and say, this is what's happening. It bothers mommy, it bothers, it, it's messy, it smells, whatever you want to say, but let's, how can we fix this? How can we change this? Okay, the next point was what happens if a kid does something wrong? And then like five seconds later, they say, oh, can you give me a book? Can you tell them, and you feel annoyed and you don't feel like playing with them because of what they did and you need time to feel okay? So, yeah, in in essence, yes. Like how to say it, you have to be careful. It, it's yeah, you, you have to think about what are they receiving when you're trying to speak to them. What are they getting? And that's that's the way you have to word it. You know, if they if they broke something of yours, Shalom, you know, or they did something, you know, they broke. Let's say they broke something like a pen. You know, and it just frustrates you. Why are you breaking pens? And the kid doesn't. Or, or even something more like. Yeah, whatever it is, I'm saying, yeah. but it annoys you. Oh, it's a good pen. So, so what you want to do is is try to make them understand. That's the, for me because you know Chabad is about das. It's about taking an an, an idea, not the, not just that you read it and you understand it on a technical level. You understand emotion. Why does a kid break the pen? It's because emotionally, it doesn't make a difference to him the pen, whereas emotionally it does to you, especially if it's a pen that you like. So you want to give him or her that emotional feeling that you're having. And, and this is a general uh, concept in marriage and in life, but I think in marriage, it's very much when you have a talk, if a husband and wife are talking, a lot of the time, what your job is being a listener. And listener means not just not saying anything, but it's, it's showing the other person that you understood what they said. Not just giving them what, you know, not just answering the question. Not answering the problem. question, yeah. When someone says, oh, it's an example, you know, like someone says, uh, I'm hungry. So normally the answer is, so let me make you something. And a lot of times we're not happy about that. Yeah, or go feed yourself. What, I don't understand what, you, what are you talking to me about, you know? But, but it's, it's a lot of time. We just want to feel understood. And, and, you, and the problem when the kid is coming to you and he's saying, come here a book, it bothers you, not because of what he did, it's because he doesn't understand what he did, he doesn't appreciate it, and he doesn't care. And you're like, it's annoying that he doesn't care. He's breaking my stuff, he doesn't care. So what you're looking for is that feeling of him understanding. understanding. So when you come, and I've, I did it once, I, remember, I don't remember what it was, but I forbade it out with them about something. And I give them an example that like, they connected to. Like and in for general, example, you know, if it's, they broke something of mine and I was really unhappy about it. So one of the things I did, as I said, 
this really hurt mommy's feelings. Like I really, I, I really appreciate this. And now it's broken. Mommy needs to take some time. I'm going to go take some time and I'll be right back. I needed to go take time. And I really did. Barkson, I think that point Sharon was home. So like, you know, they weren't like fully alone, but like, sometimes I do, I say, you know what, mommy needs a few minutes to relax because this is really upsetting and I'm not happy about it. And so I go and I take some time. And, um, and then afterwards, when I come back, it's a, it's a discussion to be had. Like, how can they understand? How can we raise our children, raise them to appreciate and have a sensitivity for what's important in life? And this was annoying and it was hurtful and it, it really bothered me. And so uh, I'm gonna discuss that in a second, banging on your door when you're having your few minutes. Um, and, and, and having a forbringing about it afterwards, when you are calm, then you don't have, then you're not holding that grudge because you feel like they're at least trying to understand you in their young age level, whatever, you know, level that they can. So for example, I went and I said, you know, imagine if you made, and, and one of my kids is really into airplanes, you know, paper airplanes, you made the best paper airplane and I came and I stomped on it and I ripped it. It hurts. It, 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 it doesn't feel comfortable. And when you're able to have that discussion with them, not only are they being more sensitive to the situation as a whole, but they can then be more sensitive to everything around them. They can be more sensitive to their friends. They can be more sensitive to their siblings. They can be more sensitive to their spouse in the future. And they're, they're maturing. It's a, it's they're a they're level growing of, up. Exactly. It's a level of maturing. If the kid is banging on the door, someone said, what if the kid's banging on your door? Why are you trying to have you a few minutes? So that's a problem because he clearly doesn't understand what's going on. The, the taking the five minutes, like she was explaining, is that the kid, the kid has to appreciate that you need five minutes because of what he's done, and he should be understanding, he or she, they should understand what has happened, that something happened is not good, and, and they should have the respect, they should respect you enough to, to give you that time. If they don't, and it's a, it's a deeper discussion to like, let's, like, let's make you understand this. And, and, and it comes by giving them the ability to understand in situations they have. And, and, and if, if you try to explain to them, but they're showing you, they don't care, they don't want to listen because they're trying to like get you. So that's a very important situation to not show emotion because they're trying to get you and trying to say, see, I don't care. And what are you going to do about it? And you're fine, you know, but, but they should be, if they don't have that sense, then, then maybe there should be a consequence that they can feel it. And, and that gives them that sense, like one second, this is not, you know, and, and the consequence is, is making, making real that there's consequences. When, when, when we break a pen, there's a consequence that we don't have that pen and we paid for it and, and it bothers us and hurts us. It, we don't need to get punished. You know, I was a mashkiach once. Oh, I was gonna say, you can tell the story about the toys, the broken toys. What, that yeah, we have, like, I try to make this rule. Yeah. It's a little difficult because different age kids and, and some kids appreciate toys more than others. But, but like I try in general for them to appreciate, to treat the toys nicely, that if it breaks, we chuck it out. And that's an incentive not to break it. Yes. And it happened, we had one of the magnetiles broke and in front of everyone, cried. I took it and I chucked it. One of them cried and the other one, they realized to his level, whatever, you know, and you have to be careful. You have to know that they can handle it. But yeah. if it's something they care about, that will get the message. And, and that's, you know, even if it's something that it's that it's valuable for them, and you feel bad, you don't have to feel bad. You, you, it matters why you're doing it. If you're doing it to to get them back, get them back yeah. then that's a big problem. Back you, to the don't show emotion. Yeah. Don't be angry. Don't hold They're grudges. They're good kids. They're, They're good, good kids. kids. Something external from them. You have to remind yourself. Yes. But but if you're doing it out of out of teaching, it says in halacha, if you kill a kid because of discipline, you're trying to train him. You don't get. You're not chayev. I'm not saying, of course, I'm not saying kill the kid, but I'm saying things you say sometimes. <laughs> talacha, I'm not, uh, but, but what I'm saying is if you're doing it out of a lesson, if it's an important toy, but it's a lesson and you know that they will get the lesson clearly. So then it's the best thing. It's the quickest way to learn. Just like hitting your head, walking on the table when you're too, when you, when you get too big to walk on the table, it's a, it's the quickest lesson. And the more you stop them from hitting their heads, the longer it takes to learn to le learn the lesson. Same thing. If, they break a toy and you chuck it out. How many toys is it going to break? They really care about the toys. And if it's a kid, he doesn't care about the toys and he's just doing it to get to you. So then you have to you deal have with it. To it's a whole different, yeah, we can talk about it some other time. We can't do that right now. Yes. But it's a different situation. Yeah, and you have to assess the situation. I think to add to the kids knocking on the door when you're taking your time is also help them appreciate that it's 
for mommy to take her time is essentially better for them. Like mommy right now is really upset and she won't be handling things the best way. I think also you can explain to them in the sense that mommy's, if that happened, the kid is going, you can come out and you should have something that sort of leverage that, that they want that you can take away. And you say, if you, if you don't keep on stopping being on the door, I'm going to take this toy away from you or whatever it is, or you're not going to have this, you're going to have the treat. And it's not, do we and understand? This, yes. And this is one of those things that you should take seriously because this is self-care in the sense of by you taking care of these five minutes for you to calm down, you will be a much better parent the rest of the time. And it's also you teaching, so your kids, is a big you're teaching your kids to it's respect big, you. Yes. It's very important. Your kids should respect you. I make sure, you know, the Rebbe and the Rebbitson, from what I've heard, they never spoke to each other in, from different rooms. So when I call a kid, one of my kids for something, I'm not as good as their nerds, and I call them, I expect, and they have an expectation that when I call, they say, I'm coming, and they come. I had it a day or two ago, one of the kids said, what? I said, come here. And I said, when I call you, you don't say what. I call you, you come, and you say, I'm coming. And it may seem silly. And no, I don't know how it seems silly, but, but the, together with that, it's important that I'm calling him because it's valuable enough that I feel that he should leave. What he's doing is coming to me. I'm not just calling him just randomly have a conversation across the room, but, but the kids should have respect for you. It's, it's, it's very disrespectful. The kid's going to be banging on your door, especially when you're taking your time. It shows that he doesn't appreciate what's going on. So the way him appreciate is how does it make you feel when whatever happens? Let's say he spilled something on the floor and he's walking around and made a disaster, spilled oil on the floor. It's a hassle and a half, and that's the worst. He has to appreciate that. If he's too young to appreciate it in, his, in, in your terms, then you have to try to give him that appreciation in his terms. And if he's not willing to listen when you're trying to teach it to him, which is showing a lot of disrespect, you have to show it to him in his terms. Yeah, I think we covered all the questions. And if um, not, we'll let if not, we don't you guys take can, too long. Uh, yeah, you guys can send send them, and then Mitzvah Shem will answer them next week. Yes, thank See you, you so guys much for joining. Mitzvah Shem next week. Have a wonderful night, everybody.